0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael teaching in Psalm 2 called Why Are the Nations in an uproar?"
1: We're going to turn to Psalm chapter two, where we would have been on Wednesday night. Uh, I was in my office after a time of prayer doing one of those, Lord, are you sure? Lord, are you sure? He's always sure of what he's doing, so that's always good. Anyway, Psalm chapter two. We're going to read the passage as we normally would, and we'll come back and break it down. And if you're physically able to stand, would you stand with us for the reading of God's word? Psalm two, verse one. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? Psalm 2, 2. The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. But as for me, I've installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, thou art my son today, I have begotten thee. Ask of me and I will surely give the nations as thine inheritance and the very ends of the earth as thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O king, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, lest he become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your living word. Thank you for Psalm chapter 2. It is very relevant and very prophetic and uh, has a lot of application for our day. Each time we open the word of God, it's tempting to say this is for somebody else, but we need to hear this for us in our generation. There's so much going on and so many uh, question marks and, and maybe for some they've walked into this place and fear is uppermost. Or for others, maybe they're just saying, man, I'm I'm wanting to take a stand right now with other believers. And we need discernment, Father, in how we're supposed to do that as the church. Because your word is what should dictate to us how we're to behave and look at the world. But this psalm is very relevant to us, Lord. So I'm asking by the power of your Holy Spirit, by your direction, that you would show us what you want us to see. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to your bride, your people in this hour. In Jesus' name, I pray, if you agree, would you say amen? Well, uh, this last week, there's been a lot going on in the church, and it's really started from the beginning of this whole, what's been called a pandemic. And uh, in the last uh, just maybe 24, 48 hours, we've gotten reports that three major churches have received cease and desist orders from the governing authorities, Uh, One of them is Calvary Chapel Thousand Oaks pastored by Rob McCoy. The second church is Grace Community Church pastored by John MacArthur. The third church that I know of is Calvary Chapel Chino Hills pastored by Pastor Jack Hibbs. Each of those churches has received a cease and desist order from the government saying that we are no longer able to worship within our building. Now this building was built uh, and opened about five years ago it'll be five years in October if you look up you can see there's pretty high ceilings here there's a nice air conditioning unit working and what we've been given from the state of California is basically these rules they want us to meet outside in 90 or 100 degree weather with masks on socially distanced and they've also said we can't sing so a lot of churches have said you know what you're asking of us is impossible all, we have to have a, a place to meet outside that's big enough. Then we, ha- we have to have the space. People have to have masks on. There's been a whole debate about, you know, the, uh, whether masks actually even do anything for this virus. And so a lot of churches, especially the bigger churches, when the original rulings came down, they said, well, you can meet, but you, can, you can't have over 100 people in your sanctuary. Example, Grace Community Church has a 3,000-seat sanctuary. Average weekend attendance probably seven to eight thousand people. I don't know what Chino Hills has, but there's uh, seating probably for several thousand. But I'm hearing that they're having ten to fifteen thousand people come on a weekend. How in the world is a church expected to keep these guidelines? It's making it really impossible for us to meet and to do what we're called to do. And let me tell you that. For me as a pastor, my greatest concern is not the political world or what the state is saying. My greatest concern is you. I want these doors to be open so that you can be ministered to, so that you can hear and receive the word of God, so that you can grow in your most holy faith. That's why these doors open each and every Sunday. And we don't know who's going to come on a given Sunday, but we know right now they're saying suicide rates are higher, death rates of suicide are higher in the culture than people dying of COVID. Have you heard a report about that? So right now there are pastors who have agonized, and I will tell you our board of elders and pastors have agonized in prayer over this issue because of the potential possibility of you getting sick and we don't want anybody to get sick and that's why many pastors have decided here's what we're going to do we'll open the sanctuary we'll have seating outside and anybody who feels in any way like they have the sniffles like they've been around somebody sick etc etc should watch the live stream that's pretty good right and right now we are spread apart and we are close to family members but we are spread apart we're doing our best But right now, more than ever, I think the church of Jesus Christ needs to hear the word of God, needs to be together. You know, we were created as one body to be together, not to be separated. And right now, I know that live stream is the second best for a lot of people. And I understand that. And And I have concerns for the flock. And I would say, hey, if you have underlying health conditions, please continue to stay home and watch via live stream. But you know you're missing something right now. That's the fellowship of the saints. That's the corporate gathering of worship. That's us being together and encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day drawing near, as the book of Hebrews tells us. So here we are on this Sunday morning and... By the way, uh, Calvary Chapel Thousand Oaks was told the first 1,000 people who showed up at that church this morning would be cited. They would be cited. So the pastor said, well, you'll get an extra gift if you come to worship this morning. <laughs> and it's not a coffee mug, baby, right? Now, as far as I know, uh, I heard that they're worshiping and it appears that maybe nothing has happened. And I know that many have been praying that, The Lord would grant us favor and protection. And isn't it interesting the times in which we live? Some of you are going, no, I don't like it. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. But it is to me an exciting time to be a Christian. And we have been called to stand. Now, we want to take the stand for the right thing in the right ways. We want to do it lovingly and respectfully. We all realize that. But right now, we're sensing something in our country that's been happening, really, friends, for decades. It's been happening in our universities. It's been happening in our media. It's been happening in our culture. And there is a, there's been really a train that's been chugging along to try to get rid of God, to try to get rid of the morality of the Bible, to, tr- to teach our children that there's no absolute truth. And I tell you what, I start looking at what's happened in the last 30, 40 years in our country or a little bit more, actually since the 60s, and I, and I have to ask myself, what have I done about it? And in many ways, I think we've been asleep at the wheel. While we've sent our kids off to secular universities, and they've been taught pretty much that there's no God, there's no absolute truth, and they've been taught a, a cultural mindset now that's being played out on the streets, The latest thing is that now they're burning Bibles in one of our American cities. So what do we do now? You might be asking. Here we are in the city of Corona where it's a Sunday morning. It's the Lord's day. It's going to be a beautiful day. What should we do? What does the Bible say about times like these? This is why I felt a tug. And I'll tell you, it happened just about 20 minutes ago (laughs) in prayer that we should go to this psalm. Now the psalm opens why with the question why. And We'll turn over to the book of Acts in a little bit and we'll see that the psalm is given credit to David, although at the top of my Bible, it doesn't say a psalm of David. But the question opening psalm two, and remember the psalms were written about over about a period of 500 years. Uh, many of them are located about 1000 BC, just to give you a time marker, about the time of David. And it says, why are the nations in an uproar? <laughs> what a great opening question the question why why do you think the nations are in an uproar right now what causes the uproar among people well i'll tell you what it is it's when we don't have any direction when we live with a mindset that there's no god there's no order it's all about man and what man wants to accomplish why are the nations raging right now? Why is everything in an uproar? Why in our country is what is happening now happening? I mean, what is it that we're trying to say? Well, it's, we've lost our way in many respects because God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. But we, we in many ways, have to say that maybe we've even let each other down within the church. Because oftentimes people have looked at the church maybe for order, and maybe they haven't seen it in our lives. Amen? I mean, if we're chaotic and we're living like the world, then the world can tend to lose hope.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Hey, ladies. You're invited to a Women's Christmas Feast this Saturday evening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. The Feast, Simply Christmas, will be a time of fellowship and dining while celebrating Jesus, who came at just the right time. Come and enjoy music, food, and conversation outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in a Christmas twinkle-lit tent. Simply Christmas will be from 5 to 8 p.m. this Saturday, December 12th. Don't worry, gals. The tent will have heaters. The event is $20 per person. Please register now on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's 844-48-TRUTH. See you there. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer, and pray for them too? I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012 thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to, then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see walking truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank
0: you. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Truth.
1: Many ways have to say that maybe we've even let each other down within the church because oftentimes people have looked at the church maybe for order and maybe they haven't seen it in our lives. Amen. I mean, if we're chaotic and we're living like the world, then the world can tend to lose hope. And I know that there's a lot of people who are staying away from churches even this morning because they've lost hope, they've been disappointed by the church. And we have to remind them that we're imperfect, amen? We have to remind them that we need grace. But today, the church has an opportunity to step up and and hopefully bring peace in the midst of the storm. Why are the nations in an uproar? And the people's devising a a vain or what we might say is a futile thing. You know, ultimately, secular humanism at its root... That is that man is the center of the universe, has to have a takeover plot. And this has been happening for quite some time now. And when man takes over, when man becomes the center, when man tries to be his or her own God, the consequences are frightening. Because when we look in the mirror, we know we don't have the goods to do it. We face the reality of death. We face the reality that we don't have all the answers. Here we are in a very advanced computer age. Here we are in an age where, you know, we have things at our fingertips, information, weaponry. I mean, we could go down the list. We're a very advanced technological age, yet we have the same old issues, the same old problems, the same old dilemmas. And the people of the earth, The nations are in an uproar. Our nation is in an uproar. The people are devising a vain thing. What are they devising? Well, as we go on in the psalm, we learn that the vain thing they're devising is to dethrone God. And you can be assured that what is at the heart of man's rebellion is a desire to take the place of God. This is the battle. The battle is between a couple of worldviews and it's not really that complicated. It's whether or not God will be on the throne or you will be on the throne. It's whether or not a people, a family, a nation will say to God be the glory, God's dictates, God's ways will gird us and direct us or it's going to be our own dictates. It's gonna be our enlightened thoughts. You know, a lot of the philosophers who uh, dethroned God and said, God is dead, they didn't like the answers that faced them. Because really, when, God, when you pronounce that God is dead and he no longer exists and no, no longer has a say in your life, then you're driving the bus. And I tell you what, right now it's headed for a cliff. And what a lot of us have been praying about for quite some time now, I would say for me, decades in this very city, with other pastors and leaders is for revival. And here's the good news. Oftentimes when we get to points like this in world history, the people of God wake up, they arise, they actually have a revival. That's what revival means. It means to revive those who are asleep or dead in the church, not outside the church. And then they start to permeate society. They start to stand up, and then all of a sudden there's a... Opportunity for true revival. The peoples are devising a vain thing. Look, if you try to live your life without God, what you're going to find is vanity. See that word vain in the very first verse? That's a word. There's a a Hebrew word there, and I'm not sure if it's the specific word that's used in Ecclesiastes, but if you've studied Ecclesiastes, what Solomon says over and over and over again is vanity. All is vanity. And the book is written with a mindset of eliminating God from the equation. So it's life under the sun, the, the ball of fire over our planet. It's it's life under the sun without God. It's life just looking from below instead of getting above and Solomon says over and over again, I tried wealth. I tried many, many relationships. I tried the writing of books. I tried building projects. I tried this. I tried that. I tried 700 wives or 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's a thousand women in his life. That didn't work. He screamed, vanity <laughs> or loose translation, help. And when we remove God from the equation, this is what we end up with, vanity, which the word can mean meaninglessness. See, a life that is just about pleasure will end up meaningless. You can can get temporary excitement. You can go from relationship to relationship. You can say, I'm gonna turn down God's uh, voice or I'll turn up the volume so I don't have to hear it. And you can listen to the ways of the world which are put before us every single day for our consumption, but you will end up empty. Take it to the bank. You know why I know that? Because I tried it. And I even tried to go back to it after I became a Christian. And life without God, although sin can be pleasurable for a season, is ultimately vain, empty, if you try to do life without God. The kings of the earth, verse two, take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Notice the next phase is focused on rulers of the earth who start to stand. They get together and they take a plan about how to square off with the Lord. That's Yahweh there, all capped. And his anointed, which points to the Messiah. On a sub-level, we are God's anointed. We are God's people. We are in Christ. We are holy because of that. But ultimately, this psalm is pointing to Jesus Christ. And if you think about how a society begins to try to divest itself of the Lord, attacks on Jesus Christ are at the center of that. And that's what's happening now in our day. People will talk about a higher power. They will talk about a God who can help you through this or that. But when you start to talk about God's anointed, God's Messiah, the anointed one, that's literally what Messiah or Christ means, by the way, the anointed of God. This is where history has been moving all along towards the anointed one who would arrive on the scene and and show forth that he is the Messiah. But the rulers of the earth take their stand. They counsel together. Here's what they say. They say, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. They say, we will not have this man to rule over us. And even when Jesus came in his very generation, this is essentially what many people did. Even the religious leaders of the day. We will not have this man to rule over us. By the way, there are many interactions where they've seen Jesus' miracles. Jesus even told a parable in Matthew. I think it's chapter 21, where he says, they say, the religious leaders say, this is the heir, come let us kill him. And Jesus says, by that parable, you know who I am. You know exactly who I am. You've seen my miracles, you can't deny it, but you're too busy protecting your power your position, and your little kingdom. And that's why they killed Jesus in the first century, because he was a threat to them.
0: You've been listening to Why Are the Nations in an Uproar? Part one on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 2. And don't forget, Walk in Truth is on podcast apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Stitcher, and many more, so you can listen to Pastor Michael's teaching whenever you want. If you're already listening to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, please give the podcast a rating. More good ratings means greater the possibility that new listeners will find the podcast. So thanks for rating Walk in Truth. And remember, if you've not already done it, search and subscribe to Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. One more reminder that Walking Truth is a listener-supported program. Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $10 a month is greatly needed. Visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 2 called, Why Are the Nations in an Uproar? I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.